And welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson. And today is an episode where I discuss Jesse Goes to New York City. That's right. This will be an episode where I talk about my experiences going to see Springsteen on Broadway. I'll kind of give you a step-by-step um you know, analysis or story of my journey. Uh, Some of you may be bored to tears. Others may enjoy it. I hope more of you enjoy it than those who don't. I promise that I will give a spoiler warning before I get to any details of the show. So if you are planning to attend the show and you don't want to know anything about it, you can listen up till I give you the warning. First off, the idea of going to see Bruce on Broadway was something I I just didn't think I was going to be able to make it. However, um, a couple of angels who have asked to remain non- anonymous, um, but a lot to do with Linda Jackson, my lovely bride, I was able to get a ticket. And then we had to debate, okay, if I pay for the ticket, which is a lot of money, could I afford to get to New York since I live in Dallas, Texas? Um, It would be a tough drive. And so I went to Expedia, did a search, and I found a pretty good deal. I was able to get a direct flight from DFW to um, New York uh, via American best here, based here, and I was also found a hotel room, and all for about 200 bucks, so we decided with Linda's blessing, I pulled the trigger, 
So now you just have to wait, right? And the anticipation was um, tough. I truly did feel like a little kid waiting for uh, Christmas. The closer we got to show date, the more I started worrying about the weather. Uh, when I saw all the bad storms in December and early January, I was like, what if, what if the airport's closed? What if I'm delayed? Because my flight was, I came in the day of the show, and I left the day after the show. No time to sightsee, no time to visit with anyone. It was just there to see the show. That was the most um, bluntly cheapest flights I could find, so that's what we did. So my plan was, and this was not a good plan, but it was a plan, that if there was bad weather, I was going to take an extra vacation day on Wednesday, get off work on Tuesday, get in my car uh, loaded with E Street Radio and a um, hard drive of Bruce Springsteen music and start driving. Uh, then, you know, go as far as I could, get a cheapy, cheap hotel, sleep for... Um, you know, seven, eight hours, get up, get in the car, drive again, and that way I would have made it to New York in plenty of time for the show on Thursday night, January 25th. It would have been an epic drive, not as epic as Bruce's story about them all going from New Jersey to California before Bruce knew how to drive that he talks about in the book, but it would have been epic. Luckily, by the way, Linda was not happy with that plan. She was worried to death. Um, the weather was beautiful. So I got up, uh, got to um, DFW Airport, got on the plane, no trouble. Um, I was bubbling with excitement. You know, I kept wanting to go, is anyone alive out there? And then also, if you can hear me, then say all right. If you can hear me, then say all right. Uh, but I resisted. Got to the airport, landed in uh, JFK. Got picked up by a shuttle bus. Um, and I'm just laughing. Anyone who asked me anything. So, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm going to see Springsteen at Broadway tonight. Most people were like, oh, good for you. That's going to be fun. Um, got to my hotel, which was Pod 39. Um, I guess this is a new concept in hotels. Uh, it was a pod. Now, it wasn't a little shelf like you've seen pictures of in... Uh, you know, Japan or something. No, this was a full hotel room, but it's just very small. I had a single bed. Um, I had a uh, toilet and shower. And I had a, um, as I said, single bed, a desk, a chair. So it was everything I needed. Uh, it took a long time to go from the airport, obviously, to the hotel room. I got there in time enough to take a shower, freshen up, um, 
get dressed, call for a Lyft driver, and uh, headed to Hurley's to meet the wonderful, sweet, and oh-so-charming Bella Pori. Um, we got there before the show. Uh, Bella and I enjoyed, uh, this is the first time we had met in person. We caught up, we shared stories, we laughed. Uh, once again, I am so um, regretful that I don't have a daughter so that I could set her up with Bella. Um, she is just a joy. Met a couple other Springsteen uh, fans there. Uh, we shared some laughs. Then it was time to head over to the theater. Uh, Bella and I had pictures taken in front of the signs. You'll see them on the Facebook page. And then I gave her one final hug. Then I got in line to go to the show. Um, the security line moved pretty quickly. And I was, you know, feeling pretty good. Got in. Um, did not know um, that you couldn't buy the travel mugs at the souvenir line or else I would have gotten a drink there. But I was just so worried that I would have to use the restroom during the show that, like, I, I, re I stopped drinking um, before, you know, once I left the restaurant and was like, okay, no more drink. Um, I stood in line, went to the restroom, and, you know, went, okay, clear the bladder. I need to be totally dry so that I will not miss a second of the show. So I did not stand in line to get a souvenir. I figured I'd do that afterwards. Um, you know, the announcement goes up, and it says, please turn off your uh, telephones, and the show will start shortly. Um, I had a pretty good seat. In fact, I thought it was a great seat. I was uh, bottom floor to the uh, left of the stage. I had an aisle seat. Um, the one closest to the door outside the theater, so I had some leg room. Uh, the, talked a little bit to the people around me, um, and we all agreed that we were gonna, we would not be talking during the show, though we may be sobbing. Um, it was a great crowd around me. No one talked. No one tried to record anything. No one sang along. You could just hear people sniffing every once in a while. Then the lights went down, and the show started. So at this point, uh, turn the show off. Turn the podcast off if you don't want to hear about the show. I don't want to spoil it for anyone. But um, here I go. This is my thoughts on the actual show. Bruce comes out. And it's, it's strange right away because, you know, he doesn't know, good evening, good evening, or, or the normal kind of banter before he starts a concert. Right away, he starts talking. And you could tell that this is a performance. And as he's telling stories and playing growing up, I'm captivated from the very beginning. 
a lot of the stories he shared were from the book, but it was unique. Now, I've read the book, and I've actually listened to the audio version of the book, but it still felt very, very unique. Um, I enjoyed growing up a great deal. Um, my Hometown has never been one of my favorite songs, maybe because it was overplayed uh, back during the Born in the USA era. But hearing him on the piano and talking about it in this context, it was really beautiful and very sad. And then you go into my father's house and him sharing all the stories about his dad. And after reading the book, you certainly know the background of him and his father and how they found a togetherness and a peace together toward the end of his father's life made it very beautiful. And then, of course, Bruce said, okay, I'm going to get you off on suicide watch. Let's talk about my mom. I did want to mention a couple people have posted that it's a funny show. And not like a comedy, but there's more humor than you would think there would be. I agree. Bruce is very funny in this. And and he's telling great stories. And it, one of the things I've noticed is when Bruce does an interview, at times he can be self-conscious, does a lot of laughing at his own jokes. He was very polished. He was connecting. He was sincere. He was real. But it was a, it was a performance. Um, I know there's no chance that he would get a Tony Award for best, you know, actor or anything. But I do think it is a Tony awarding, Tony worthy performance. Um, it's very, very, um, as I keep saying, real. Hearing the Wish had been on my, pardon the pun, wish list for a long time of songs that I wanted to hear live. And so going into the show, I had known he sang that, but I didn't understand how powerful it would be hearing him talk about his mom, the joy she brought in his life, the force of happiness and togetherness that she gave to the whole family. I am lucky enough my mom is still with me. And I, it, every time I hear the wish, I have this burning desire to call my mom because I can. And uh, it was even more powerful hearing it live. I just... It's such a lovely song, and it feels so perfect on stage. I've been very clear that the first 
Seven times I saw Bruce, he did not play Thunder Road. The next eight times he did. Um, now make it nine. I, I never get tired of Thunder Road. I never get tired of hearing him, whether it's with the band or solo. So that was wonderful. Hearing the story of the trip and him falling in love with the desert uh, made the promised land um, so strong and so good. I'm... I am not a fan of the acoustical blues version of Born in the USA. But hearing it after he tells the story of being involved and him thinking who took his place. My father was a career military man and he served a tour Um he was in Korea. He was also in Vietnam. Won a uh, Bronze Star, Purple Heart, in Vietnam. And he talked often about how horrible that war was. And to hear Bruce share it and discuss it was amazing. Bruce then moves to discussing the members of the E Street Band. And 10th Avenue Freeze Out is a favorite. And to hear him talk about all the band members, but the story of Clarence and how that means to him, how much, it, how much his friendship with Clarence, and the idea that they were, they knew each other in a past life, and he believes they'll see each other again in the next life. Um, well, now I was crying again. Just amazing. A lovely introduction of Patty coming out. Their two songs are wonderful. Um, tougher than the rest is my my son. And my, his fiance's song. In fact, he was playing it when he asked her to marry him. Um, so that was a sweet moment. Other people have talked about that he doesn't get very political. And I'm glad. There is a timelessness to this show. It is something that... Um, if this is filmed, and I hope it will be, that people could enjoy this in 10 years or even 20 years. But he gets his point across about being kind to each other and doing the right things. And the Long Walk Home and the Rising both helped to put that message across. So far, every show I've ever attended, and I'm now up to 16, I know, rookie numbers compared to some of you guys, I've heard The Rising. And I think that has something to do with when I started hearing him live, but I also think it's something special for me. 
and so I was glad my streak continued. The highlight of the show for me, and I think people may find this a little weird, but after the long walk home and the rising, he talks about embracing joy and how you got to put on your dancing shoes. And to hear him doing Dancing in the Dark with the guitar and without a break, moving to arguably my favorite Bruce Springsteen song, Land of Hope and Dreams, is a double punch of happiness. It, it just, it made me smile. It made me cry. I just felt such joy in my heart. standing ovation after land of hope and dreams we sit down and he ends it with born to run it was perfect it's a little over two hours and if you've been you know what i'm saying when it moves very quickly and it is a magical night if you haven't been, I hope you get the opportunity. Um, I know that there are thousands upon thousands of fans who are wanting this experience that may not get to do it. And for that, I, I understand your frustration, but please um, understand that this there's got to be a way for you, you know, through an HBO special through a DVD, Blu-ray, to experience this. And just know that in my heart, I was grateful that I was here, and I was listening and sharing and sending out good thoughts and love to all Bruce Springsteen fans, knowing that I've been given a gift of being able to see this man share so much of his soul. A lot of the show is about growing old. And it's very clear that Bruce is aware that there's less road in front of him than there is behind him. He is in his 60s. And um, he is aware of his mortality. But it's not morbid. It's just a sense of, I've my journey is still continuing, but I've gone a long way. And it's been a long road. I found it very spiritual. I found it very, almost as if he was giving his testimony at a church service. He was almost giving a sermon of how he thinks um, he recommends you live your life. Not in a preachy way, just in a loving, caring, older brother, father, mentor way. It, The show ends... We're all just in shock and in awe, and I felt like everyone moved, was moved. I went and bought a t-shirt for Linda. 
I talked to several people, and one man said he went in it with low expectations. He did not think it would be very good, and he was blown away. Um, it, it truly was a special night. And I just want to thank Linda, who letting me go, Bella for joining me, for Donna sending me her love, and I wish we could have seen. Madison, uh, who's been on the show, um, actually was there the same night, and we didn't know it, so we didn't get a chance to meet and take a picture together. But I was there with you, little sister. I I just am so happy that so many of us have had the chance to experience this and I'm so proud and honored that because of this podcast so many people were posting good wishes and telling me that they were so happy I could go and that just made me smile and made me cry all over again. Thank you, as always, for listening. Thank you for your support of the podcast. I appreciate each of you. For now, let's end with grab your tickets and your suitcase. Thunder's rolling down the tracks. You don't know where you're going now, but you know you won't be back. Darling, if you're weary, lay your head upon my chest. We'll take what we can carry, and we'll leave the rest. Big wheels rolling through fields where sunlight streams. Meet me in a land of hope and dreams. Thank you, listeners. We'll talk to you soon. Where the winds are all the beans were sung.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.